Now Playing Podcast is brought to you in part by Magnavolt. Magnavolt, the final word in auto security. No embarrassing alarm noise, no need to trouble the police. And it won't even run down your battery. Magnavolt. Lethal response. Magnavolt. I'd buy that for a dollar. All Detroit has a cancer. The cancer is crime. We need a 24-hour-a-day police officer. A cop who doesn't need to eat or sleep. A cop with superior firepower and the reflexes to use it. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you to the future of law enforcement. You call me RoboCop. This is now playing's RoboCop retrospective series. I like it! Hosted by Arnie. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Jacob. If he just talked things out with people instead of firing that big gun of his... And Stuart. You're perfect. I must have you. Their prime directives are serve the public trust, provide detailed plot spoilers, and use harsh language. Bad language makes for bad feelings. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, yeah. Go get him, boy. Today we're discussing Robocop, Prime Directives, Meltdown, starring Paige Fletcher. Morris Dean Wint, Maria Del Mar, Garrett Wynn Davies, Leslie Hope, and directed by Julian Grant. This is Arnie, the tall, dark, battery-operated host of Now Play. Stuart in L.A. And this is your part man, part machine, all podcasting host, Jacob. Looking a little rusty there, Jacob. I gotta say, some squeaky gears going on now. We are into part two of this unfortunate little alley we've dug down in uh, to stall and give RoboCop two weeks instead of one. We've decided to do this two a week kind of thing. And also, this is, as we mentioned last time, billed as four different movies. That's a topic Ugh. I definitely want to revisit in the future. Is this four different movies? Is this a miniseries? Is it a TV series? Mm. We'll save that for when we crash and burn. But right now, Meltdown, the second one, this aired four nights in a row on the Sci-Fi Channel when it aired in the States. And I remember I was there again, opening broadcast night, ready to see if it could improve. You heard our review on Tuesday we didn't necessarily care for that one. I was really let down when it first broadcast, but I knew because I'd been stalking that robocop-pd.ca Canadian website that they advertise in the end credits. Couldn't you even afford a .com? Oh, it was Canada. There were weird rules back then about what you could get at the end. <laughs> now you can get whatever you want. .sexyass if you want it. But back then, if you were Canadian, .ca for you. But I knew this one would have a new RoboCop in RoboCable, and I was looking forward to it. Yeah, it was heavily hinted at. I guess, Stuart, you seemed surprised when we mentioned it, but it was hinted at there was another RoboCop coming at the end of that first film. I knew when I saw it at the end, what I was saying was I had no expectation of that until that last shot. That's all I was saying. I knew going into this one, RoboCable was going to be the villain of the week. I figured each one of these movies is going to have a new baddie, Bone Machine last time, now RoboCable. Yeah, and I've watched all these. What I didn't remember about this one is that 
that. We're going to get Star Wars, basically. Like, lightsabers are going to introduce. I forgot how crazy this series is going to get. Yeah, it does go pretty deep into sci-fi. Of course, what I found very interesting, it's revealed in this one that this movie is actually taking place in the year 2000. Yeah, they've redone the whole timeline here. We're, we're going to see some tombstones in this film, and I noticed the death dates. Murphy died in 90, his wife in 92. That, that seems very early, especially for the tech that's going on here. And they said that Robocop came online 10 years earlier, so assuming that it was days between his death and him coming online, all of this is taking place in the year 2000, but we've got lightsabers, we've got Robocops, we've got Robocables, we got a lot of stuff going on here. We have people that are making tombstones that don't know that because Cable is buried in 2003. But hey, whatever. <laughs> Who needs consistency when we have all of this fun? I gotta say. Yeah, it's all about the meltdown. This is the action one, guys. We're gonna get a lot more excitement this time, right? There is a lot more action. I think that we all <laughs> agreed the last one was a little bit too talky, and they fixed that. That's air quotes around that, right? So you're air quoting, yeah, action. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's air quotes in this series. I noticed a lot of things spark. There's a lot of bullets and sparking. If that is constitutes action, then you're in for a good one. So, Arnie, I guess you should tell them what it is, because I hope they're not watching. <laughs> Way to reveal your hand there. I'm going to save my recommends for the end of the show. But for the plot summary at the beginning, Sarah Cable is in trouble. All her plans as head of security concepts at OCP have failed, most disastrous is the Zero Fatality Act, where Cable removed all lethal weapons from the police. The goal was to make Delta City appear the safest city in the United States, but instead it has caused the death of countless police officers. When OCP's CEO points out the only success for security concepts is Robocop under Dick Jones a decade earlier, Cable feels embarrassed and sets out to embarrass and frame the cyborg. To do this, she takes her new RoboCop, built from the remains of her dead ex-husband, John. <laughs> That's an axe to grind. <laughs> Not only is it going to be my killer cyborg, but it's that husband that I kicked to the curb to have a career. Very, very opportunistic. Usually give me half means the money, not half your body to put in a cyborg machine. Mm. But John, RoboCop was forced to kill him in the last film? Kinda? Maybe he wanted to die? At the urging of Cable himself, yes, he was coerced. As Robo Cable looks a lot like RoboCop, Sarah has him perform wanton acts of violence, including shooting up the CEO's limo. This causes a manhunt for RoboCop, which Sarah leads with Cable. But when Robo Cable fights RoboCop only to a stalemate, Sarah's competitive executive, Damian Lowe, calls in the Hush Hush Systems Support Team to take out RoboCop. When you need really badass help, call the help desk. <laughs> Robocop, meanwhile, has gone underground wearing a disguise in the slums of old Detroit to buy a new <laughs> GPS so he can track cable. <laughs> I love his disguise. <laughs> we'll we'll get, get there. there. Yes. <laughs> in old Detroit, he meets a little girl named Jordan and her mother, Anne, who defeated Robocop in a heist in the movie's opening scene that existed only to introduce Anne. System support and RoboCable track down Robocop in Old Detroit, and a massive shootout occurs. Robocop projects into RoboCable the video of John Cable's death, causing RoboCable to remember he was once human. And though RoboCop and Anne are almost killed by system support, Cable comes to their aid at the last minute and drives back the troops. 
Robocop and Cable walk off into the night together. But back at OCP, the CEO is furious at Damien for disobeying her order and calling in system support. She fires Damien, but instead of gathering his belongings, he goes down to the lab where programmer Ed is building the building automation AI program, Saint, and uses that system to increase the pressure in the boardroom until every executive, including the old woman CEO, are dead. And during all of this, James Murphy, son of Alex Murphy, has used Sarah Cable's password to hack the files on his father, and he discovers he is actually the son of RoboCop as credits roll. Congratulations for catching up with the first movie. I'm so glad that you're going to participate now, James. <laughs> Literally, we go back to him five times in this movie. We could just start with James. Because the entire plot of this movie, from James's point of view, is to sit at a computer and type... Guessing passwords. Yeah. Yes. Can we just talk about how awful this interface, this computer interface is? Like, even in the back, in the days of AOL, it didn't look this bad. Where it's like this tiny screen, and like, it doesn't even star out your password it just shows it for everyone it's obviously the cheapest of animation the fact that this was made in the 2000s and yet this is their idea of a computer screen is dumbfounding i honestly think it might be cell animation from people who've never used a computer I mean, these are the same people who did the dishwasher effect for Saint in part one. The stunner for me is when we get back to Saint in the beginning of this one. Ed, the mastermind who created him, there's this weird kind of symmetry. Ed is eating salad with chopsticks. I don't know, maybe that's a thing in the future. <laughs> and remember, this is 2003, it's not the future. <laughs> Saint is also eating some kind of green <laughs> graphic display. It was <laughs> fantastic. Is Saint, like, supposed to be like a little baby? eating up data bits and that's how he learns that's how i took it like there's no other explanation for that yeah it's johnny five needs input and if anyone saw that would they say i can't wait for it to control every aspect of my life Please let it do everything. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I mean, already, we're going to build a supercomputer that's going to control the entire building. We know this is going to go wrong. We know this is going to be how. The premise is so flawed in and of itself. I wish that I could buy into anyone's plan here or understand them. I do think it's a big problem with Prime Directives. Prime Directives, you know what he stands for. He's got four things that he's going to do. RoboCop, I get. But everyone else here, it's very nebulous. I don't know why anyone is doing anything that they're doing. Well, come on. You don't understand the three... I don't know, ninja mutant chicks that break in? With the predator cloaking device? <laughs> yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Like, they got the predator cloaking device, they're shooting Sith lightning out of their hands. Are they there just to rob OCP? Like, they have to get into the mainframe to steal money from them? Because they seem very flabbergasted, like, when the cops come in, or security, and, like, lasers start blowing up the cops, and they're like, oh no, this isn't what we wanted. Like, you're burglars, and now you're sad that the cops are being killed because of your actions? What they said is that these are a group of known tech thieves, and they break in to steal human usable tech. They're not interested in building automation. They're interested in gauntlets you can put on your arm to shoot Sith lightning, or dildos that turn into lightsabers. <laughs> I mean, seriously, her lightsaber looks like Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi with a big bulbous vibrating tip. Oh, I thought it was just like the Darth Maul lightsaber that you could buy at Toys R Us. 
I mean, that, that's as far as the costume design seems to go in this film. Hey, come on. They did predict Google Glasses. I mean, she's got those <laughs> on there. Yeah, they're cyborgs. That's what I get. They're like RoboCop, but the cheap, villainous kind. I thought that maybe this was now the bone machine. I thought they were villains. They're at least introduced as criminals. So I'm thinking this is like the bomb squad from the last one. This is going to be the villain that RoboCop's going to take down when he shows up eight minutes into this. <laughs> I'm very surprised when they actually taser him and he falls over that they proved to be a, a foe for the rest of the chapter what i don't remember from the first episode and i don't know if it was there when robocop does show up now he has a western theme like was that there before because i didn't remember it no no that was in my notes too that really confused me <laughs> i don't think of him as a gunslinger in that way i don't think of him as clint eastwood type but they are going to bring out that trumpet literally and blare it every time he rides into battle now like i'd say he needs a poncho but he does wear one later yeah it's man with no name territory sir i don't want to you know insult sergio leone but i think that's the influence here the mexican trumpet kind of theme it's certainly very different from where we started i guess that helps for me to remember that this has nothing to do with any robocop before it just increases that separation what i'm reviewing now boy robocop 1987 feels so long ago doesn't it you know this almost reminds me of this music like i believe like with star wars when lucas was doing that final death star battle like he used classical music until the music was composed to give everyone the feeling like that's what this feels like well here's the filler music until the actual music is composed but no they never just got around to it it's just oh ran out of money or whatever or we've just forgot to put the real music in here the musical choices throughout this film there's this western theme at one point there's a car chase and it just feels like hair metal like 80s miami vice vibe going on like throughout the film like the <laughs> musical choices are so odd i agree i actually like the kind of 80s hair metal score thing that they have going on but this western theme and it comes back repeatedly <laughs> and spoiler alert it comes back in the future films oh really okay. just awful it is really bad in fact in this opening there is one glimmer of hope and i dare not ask you guys if you watched any of this twice <laughs> No, not Why for this would we review. Do that? Yeah. <laughs> this is my second time seeing it, but no, I did not watch it twice in a row for this review. If you watch the MediaNet segments, these are the most confusing barrage of information because you have not Casey Wong talking in the middle, but then there's not one but two scroll bars going at high speeds. There's actually some pretty clever jokes. They're almost a reminiscent whiff of Verhoeven's film in there, such as all the John Cable Memorial merchandise is sold out. Yeah, no, I caught a lot of that. I actually think the media net stuff here is the best stuff spoiler alert for the rest of the series pay attention to the media net stuff nothing else but yeah i, I didn't go back and rewatch it but i did catch a lot of the jokes flying by on the, the scroll i had to watch every media net section three times once for the media net once for the top scroll once for the bottom scroll yes the key there is if you watch this repeatedly you may find these jokes funny however just as the voice of sanity even these are lame don't even try and say that this is like vorhoven this is like robocop three writing this is not like robocop one writing no no actually the media net stuff is better than robocop three yeah at worst robocop two at best yeah i'd say robocop two <laughs> Which was a not recommend for me. So there we go. I do think you guys are just panning for gold here in the river of shit. <laughs> There's so much gold here. I mean, this whole fight scene with, what are we calling this group? Do they even have a name, these three chicks? No. 
<laughs> great writing. They don't even give us a name. Oh, they're in the credits, though. They have great names. There's Anne, which, okay, not the greatest name <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's terrific. So futuristic. But then there's Lex Icon. <laughs> Grown. And Abby Normal. Grown, double grown. Okay, so we got Garbage <laughs> Pail Kids going on with these names. Hey, Abby Normal was funny enough for Mel Brooks and Young Frankenstein. It's funny enough for RoboCop TV movies. <laughs> Come on, but what about these lines? Are these funny enough? We got trouble. Big trouble. Cyborg trouble. Like this, <laughs> man, this is laugh out loud stuff. Am I the only one who walked away going, we got some trouble right here in Delta City? <laughs> <laughs> I would have preferred a musical version of this. I mean, at one point, Anne comes up to Robocop. Why don't you pick on someone your own size? Well, Anne, you're like six inch taller than him. <laughs> Bring out Bridget the stripping midget and yes. we can have a fight. <laughs> That is what I want to really enforce here. Yes, of course, this production has not gotten any better, and nor would I expect it to. It's the same budget funding this episode that is the last time. But they are not featuring Robocop any better here. I thought when we heard the trumpet, at least he would ride in and save the day. But he gets his ass handed to him. I mean, he pulls out a gun, gets zapped, and falls over. And I feel like this is a theme for the rest of this one. He's jumping out of windows. He's jumping into the lake. He's doing anything but actually fighting. And he's certainly not winning. It's an incredibly limp, lame Robocop we have at the center of this. Not only is he diminutive, not only is he not Peter Weller, it's abysmal. It wouldn't be a hero to anyone if this were the first time they were watching this character. No, I kind of, though, understand why he was doing it. I mean, his directive is protect the innocent. And so he is on the run a lot to try to get away from innocent people. But yeah, the fact that he gets his ass handed to him by these three thieves, not a great great starting point. But I still don't understand, and I know you said this, Stuart, is a problem for all of OCP is understanding their motivation. Mm. You mentioned it with Saints. I don't get why Sarah Cable just has to take out RoboCop. I'm projecting that she has no successes. RoboCop is touted as a success. Ergo, she wants to destroy the only success, so she looks better by comparison, because that way even Dick Jones failed. Yeah, I got the same vibe as Dr. Fax from RoboCop 2. Like, I don't understand what the relationship here is with RoboCop. It's, okay, that's their one success. She hasn't done anything great. In fact, this zero fatality act that she passed has killed people. Like, is she intentionally sabotaging the program so she could get something else this doesn't seem like things rational people would do like oh i'm gonna have this violent robot but they're gonna say the cops can't kill anyone but then hundreds of cops die and i'm gonna get upset if i get called out on it well here's the only clue that i have last movie she introduced this secret society that says that they're there to preserve the real ocp which i take it to mean that she's leading an insurrection she's doing things behind the scenes to try and take down the old woman in fact i would almost say that they're blaming women for running it except you know she's a woman herself so it's not a sexist thing but it's a policy thing whatever the old woman is doing and i'm not sure what she stands for she likes robocop i know that and so sarah wants that to fail because that will mean that she loses power and then i don't know ocp will be back to the way it was in the original movie i certainly wish that were true <laughs> 
I find myself repeatedly wishing that Ronnie Cox had survived that first film because maybe he would have gone to Canada to do this. But <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out her motivation for sucking so badly at her job, nor can I really figure out her motivation for bringing her husband back from the dead. Her husband, who she hated. I can't tell if this is the ultimate bitch move to bring him back so that she could control him finally, or if it's some kind of sentimentality that she makes Robo Cable. Yeah, let's walk this back just a little. Their marriage, we saw glimmers of it in the last one, was not fraught with violence or anger or anything. She was basically careerist and wanted to spend all her time as an executive and did not have time after they lost a baby to give to a marriage. So she went off to be a single company gal. That was it. But she had no ill will towards this guy. I mean, other than the fact that he has no sense of humor and that mustache, <laughs> I don't know what her problem would have been. And he didn't have that mustache when he was younger. <laughs> True. Good point. Yes. But there's no reason to believe why she wanted to kill her husband, which was the plot of the last one. She reprogrammed RoboCop to kill him. And now that he's dead, to bring him back as her own RoboCop so that she can bring down the RoboCop program. Which she wasn't even planning to do when she made <laughs> RoboCable. <laughs> Pretzels are turning into pretzels. I mean, I can't even <laughs> pick one out of the bag. They're all tied together. I thought maybe, you know, we were introduced to the trust in the last movie. This secret society within OCP, I thought, okay, maybe this is some ultimate plan. Spoiler alert. The trust never plays out. Like, we see this group get together. Nothing happens there through the rest of these films. What? You mean in, they don't come back in the next one? They take a reprieve in this one. I thought that maybe they were like James. They were just going to sit this one out and play on the computer. But I presume they're going to be back for the climax. <laughs> From what I remember, and we'll discuss it, but I, I really feel like nothing happened with the trust. That's what I thought. Okay, the trust, they're building RoboCop 2, again, to take over OCP or something. Yeah, because the battle that's brewing here, it's not really between Sarah and her ex-husband. In fact, I think Sarah's going to prove to be a good character, mostly because her initials are very similar to Sarah Connor. <laughs> and I just think that, oh, she must be the Linda Hamilton of this franchise. But the battle is with that smug guy from PCU. That's her co-worker is the one that's battling for power inside OCP. And he's clearly the one we're supposed to hate. He's the one that thinks it's a great idea to hand everything over to Saint. Hell, he's named Damien Omen. Damien yeah. Omen. I know yes. he's evil. Right. Damien wants to hand everything over to a supercomputer. Why Why wouldn't you trust that? Is Sarah's vision any better? Let's, let's talk about RoboCop 2, you know. We had a lot of ideas about what we saw in the movie RoboCop 2 is this complex design that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Here, it's the same damn design, except now he has two guns because he's yeah. RoboCop 2. He has a dual targeting system, so they've given him dual guns. Is he ambidextrous? Can he fire? I mean, that only works if you're a Southpaw, right? I mean, otherwise, I'd be no good at if you put guns in two of my hands. I'd only shoot straight with one. Yeah, that was the thing is they upgraded the targeting system so he could shoot twice and hit two separate targets. Again, unless I missed it, maybe we'll come back in another film. I don't think you ever see that in this film. No, you do. He does fire two guns when he goes into battle. Well, he fires two guns, but is he doing different directions, though? Like, it always seems like he's just shooting in front of them. Well, yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. We don't see it in this movie because it's not lit. I gotta put it out there right now. I cannot tell the difference, just like the old woman. I cannot tell the difference between RoboCop and Black RoboCop because everything is in the dark. Seriously, if I cared, I 
would have rewound, but I let it roll. But I could not distinguish. It would only be after the fact when I would logically put together who would have been in that scene, whether it was Cable or Murphy. I'm very happy to know that in 2003, Canada, racism no longer exists because they literally don't see color. Not only don't they notice that the evil Robocop is African-American, but that his armor is all black. They are that colorblind. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like, yes, his armor is a shiny black, but this thing is so poorly lit. You can't tell the difference between white and black Robocop. They all look the same. Am I the only one who thought, though, that maybe this upcoming Robocop theatrical film looked at RoboCable and went, ooh, black armor's better. I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure that has to do more with Batman. I'm sure they did not take any notes from Prime Directive. You don't think we're getting any Easter eggs of Prime Directives on this new reboot? The Saint system being used. (laughs) I'll just put it out here right now. We could have skipped all of these and would have not influenced anything we would have to say about the next real movie. No, I don't believe that this movie matters at all, but we shall do it because that is the mission of now playing. I honestly thought that Robo Cable would kill the old woman. I mean, that's what would make sense is to frame Robocop for a homicide. No, just destruction of property. Particularly since she's going to die at the end of this one anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they should have done. Assassinate the leader. And then what Sarah moves to power, I think. I'm presuming that Sarah and Damien are fighting for who's going to control OCP. She wants her secret society to do it. He wants Saint to do it. And nobody wants this old woman in charge. So yeah, let's kill her and get something to happen here but no he just punches a pedestrian and kind of disappears into the night per media net he does a lot more that they can't afford to film yeah but they never put it together that okay if sarah has a duplicate robocop that's going to go hunt down the robocop maybe that wasn't robocop at the time i mean couldn't they have found an alibi for where murphy was at the time of all of these assaults it seems to me like it wouldn't stay into reason but then again reason is not this <laughs> movie's back. I just can't believe that the CEO of this major corporation, again, RoboCop's been around 10 years, that she can't tell that the robot shooting at her isn't RoboCop. She loves him too, by the way. She's the one in the boardroom that's just like, we're not getting rid of this. He's the only thing that's going to, you know, the difference between this city falling under. And then what? She gets her car shut up and she's like, get rid of it right now and blame (laughs) Sarah again. I'm like, Sarah's just your put upon, isn't it? I can see why Sarah would want to get rid of her because she's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't. I'm confused at this point. Can they fire guns or not? There's this whole Zero Fatality Act and I can never keep track of whether it's being implemented or not. I think at this point, they're not supposed to have guns, but it's okay if Robocop has a gun because he's the only one allowed to, maybe? Nobody's ever been able to take away Robocop's guns and despite being the head of the Zero Fatality Act, Sarah gives her ex-husband two guns. Right. And I presume that the reason that they don't want to bring in the special ops of robo-hunters, this is the suggestion Justin Damien has is because they have guns. So, well, here's the thing though. They suspend the Zero Fatality Act when they go on the hunt for RoboCop. So I don't know why they don't want Robo Hunters. I thought the Robo Hunters were going to be something cool. <laughs> I didn't realize it was just mercenaries that shoot up the scenery like Cable did in the first film. Stormtroopers. Yeah. I think that that's something kind of going back to RoboCop 3 about how you don't want to turn the city into a war zone. However, saying it's not yet time for system support is very different from 
what happens in that boardroom when Damien says, let's call in system support. And it's not only not an option on the table, but Damien is chastised like a five-year-old who peed his pants for even mentioning it in a, quote, open meeting. This wasn't like a all-staff meeting. This is the senior executives of OCP, and still Damien is called out for just even bringing it up. So I'm expecting something really bad. I'm expecting Sean Penn and Casualties of War here. What you get is uh, what Lou Gossett's understudy, I think. Yeah, Carver. <laughs> hey. He was Big Daddy in Land of the Dead. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't recognize him. He okay. didn't speak in that one. But in both, he carried a big gun. Yeah, I can understand why you w- would hate to implement him, but the idea that this is an off-limit solution and that they have to go under the table in order to implement it, it's curious and confusing. I got to say, this whole zero fatality thing is really bad. They shouldn't have done it. I felt like, you look at a movie like Minority Report, to me that was a plausible, a little strange, but a plausible scenario in which guns and murder and violence couldn't be implemented in a utopia. Here it's very clear that Delta City is not a utopia. The idea that they would take away the guns from the police and still have guns on the street for the criminals, it just makes the satire look silly. It looks like farce instead of a plausible dystopia. And so we can't treat this seriously. Yeah, it's a funny joke at the beginning of the first film but at this point now they're taking it seriously and it's become a major plot point no that's silly mm-hmm. i agree but finally it gets to what we've been wanting and by finally it's really only about 45 minutes so halfway through this movie which is eternal <laughs> No, come on. This is incompetence. And yes, it feels like forever, but we're not even halfway done. It's, ugh. Yeah, we get this. Are they in a mall where the shootout <laughs> happens? Like, there's an OCP, like, gift shop, but I really feel at times, like, you see people, like, walk behind Robocop and then run off screen. Like, I felt like, whoops, some people just walked into a filming picture and had to run off because they weren't supposed to be there. I have no idea where they are when this shootout takes place. I don't know either. I do think it's supposed to be, it feels like an airport actually with the big windows it's a shopping plaza they do cite it i think medianet calls it up as a shopping plaza what even strains credibility for me is the idea that just because medianet reports it everyone's suddenly afraid of robocop are you meaning to tell me everyone's watching the news that everyone would suddenly think that he's a bad guy because it shot up the president's car in the dark i just i don't know it's not credible to me that the entire city would turn against robocop i understand why ocp wants him down but it doesn't make sense why everyone in the mall is running screaming when they see this cop that is restored order for the last 10 years it just that's bogus god help me for paying attention but <laughs> they do help explain it away you do have to understand that people are watching this media net for three minutes but media net has an early story about evil hackers and then later says that the hackers hacked robocop so robocop's just a computer that's been corrupted so okay. if you look at him as a machine instead of as a Murphy, and which most people do, I can kind of go with why they would turn on this machine that's started to break. I mean, you love a nuclear power plant when your lights are on, you hate it when it's killing your family. Right, and that makes Amy the fall guy. They're bringing back the fact that those women at the beginning are actually falling victim to a plot. They weren't as bad as we were first led to believe, and which is an important development for the rest of this movie. But in this mall, Robocop versus Robocable. I mean, what's more badass than one Robocop Robocop, two Robocops, the second one that has two guns, right? That's so damn lazy. I still can't believe that that's their upgrade. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the, the tactical black armor. I guarantee we will be seeing that exact same upgrade in 2014's film. It looks better when you can see it. I'll, I'll put it that way. This is the only time in the movie when they're both in the same scene and I can tell the difference between them. <laughs> it's daytime, but it, it quickly becomes a car chase. That should be exciting, <laughs> right? I mean, they're driving around the docks and, and knocking over canisters. I love how it becomes a car chase. Robocop, who has been doing these really stocky, jerky movements jumps out a window and it's the first time he moves fluidly as he's pinwheeling his arms trying to control <laughs> his own stuntman fall I, I do love he like jumps out head first and but no lands on his feet he's like a cat agile <laughs> he looks agile but yeah it does become a car chase and i'm going to god help me and i'll probably be strung up by my toes for saying it you will i'm gonna give this movie a compliment Mm-mm. because as i said the last one there was so much talky talk so much flashback to chess games and maudlin murphy and all of this talk with very little action once robocop fights cable the second entire half of this is a chase film and it becomes as exciting as the budget allows <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't very exciting. I will agree yeah. with you, Arnie, that, okay, yes, there is stuff happening. I feel like when they're in that boardroom and we're getting all these executives, I sincerely feel like they just slowed the tape down to halftime to extend it. Like, everything is so damn slow. I like that things are now moving, that there's cars, and they're going above 25 miles an hour. It helps with this film. There are so many scenes in this one that honestly felt like they made their movie and realized they didn't have the running time. And so they got, like, one guy to walk around the set and pretend to be a reporter. He's just, like, seriously elongating everything. Like, this is where RoboCop sits when he's not fighting. Sits on his big metal ass. I thought that was kind of funny. They were doing, like, the whole Geraldo when he opened Al Capone's vault or whatever. Nothing was there. I, when this isn't about RoboCop and its media net, I'm kind of enjoying this stuff. Which is the <laughs> wrong way to go in a RoboCop film. <laughs> but totally understandable once you see this movie. The RoboCop is the least interesting, certainly the least heroic thing that's happening on here. Once RoboCable gets involved, I do feel like it really becomes about him. And, yeah, I mean, this RoboCop, he ends up in the lake. I found that so funny during that car chase because I think Robocop's trying to find a place for a showdown and every place he goes, there's more innocence and it shows his Robocop POV that says protect the innocent. All I'm thinking about is Batman 66. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> It's like some yeah. days you just can't get rid of the innocent. I wish it was that funny. I d was disappointed they didn't have a fruit stand. You know, anytime I see a chasing this bad, I half expect to see the car drive through a fruit stand with the, <laughs> you know, vendor running after them, shaking their fist, going, why are you blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> come on, Stuart, you think they could have afforded a couple pounds of bananas? When RoboCop <laughs> goes into the lake here and climbs out, he's not even wet. He is completely dry. That's because if they got that suit west, the paint might fall off. They did throw a car in a lake, so let's give that budget a little bit of credit. <laughs> yeah, you can credit this, air quotes, all that you want. You guys sound like starving prisoners who have found a kernel of rice and are now saying that you're full. I mean, <laughs> this is terrible, terrible, terrible filmmaking. But yes, it's a little bit better than the last time. <laughs> And that's all I want to call out, that this one is marginally better. All right. You enjoy that rice. Num, num, num. You want any more? You look full to me. We got two more grains to go. I'm going to say also, though, I really enjoy what happens next. <laughs> this is... 
Because I've thought at this point that in the 10 years since RoboCop and the Prime Directives movie series, that there is no old Detroit. That Delta City stands where old Detroit was. But no, there is old Detroit, and it looks like a cheap knockoff set from Blade Runner. Yeah, I was mentioning Blade Runner last time, and here's the proof that Blade Runner is clearly an influence here. They're wanting to do that. Yeah, and because, again, they can't afford any music, and this is a underground marketplace, we'll throw a little bit of that, like, typical Middle Eastern-type music here. I mean, the musical cues in this film, just, they're awful. When in doubt, play the sitar. It's a bizarre, and, and what's more bizarre than seeing a Robocop in a hoodie? <laughs> I love that RoboCop, I'm like, is he really disguising himself? Like, he's a giant robot that thunders when he walks. <laughs> he goes and he talks to this guy. He's got to get, like, a new GPS chip. And he's talking to this guy, getting one, and then this robbery happens and he stops the robber and that's when they all i guess realize that he's robocop like this dude that was just talking to him was like all of a sudden it's the fuzz let's get out of here like you were just talking to the guy you didn't realize there's a big mask on him that he had metal sticking out underneath his poncho maybe they were distracted by the titty shot did you see that one they, very <laughs> yeah. quickly i promised a I titty shot last week i promised some titties here they were <laughs> yeah. in a cage clearly we're watching the canadian tv cut and not the american tv cut but this is the moment where RoboCop befriends Jordan and I'm thrown back to RoboCop 3. They said they wanted to make something in the vein of the first movie, but come on, the girl with the teddy bear who takes him in her arm and is walking around. This is so much like that. But the girl with the teddy bear is walking around a bazaar with naked women. It's all kinds of wrong. Hey, have you been to Detroit lately? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. But uh, you know what? I will give the closest thing I am to a compliment and say I thought the Teletubby teddy bear was kind of cool. Otomo bear or whatever. Later, we see a commercial for it and it's, it's a pager, it's a flashlight, it's a TV, but it also gives you seizures. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and talk about RoboCop 3. Here we have the girl and the toy is Automo, the same name that those ninja robots had. Oh, I didn't put that together. Yeah, they do have some kind of ninja cartoon or something going on the screen of the bear or something. I'm telling you, they were thinking about RoboCop 3 here. They may want to pretend that they want to get this back to the roots, but I think they would be happy to be just as good as when Orion was bankrupt as they are with doing Verhoeven. As bad as RoboCop 3 looked, it had more money than this. So yes. I think in certain ways they aspire to RoboCop 3, but by the same token, I was thinking the same lines as you, Stuart, that, oh God, it's going to be RoboCop now protecting this little girl. But that's not the case. They don't become besties that hang out together for the rest of the movie. This little girl only is there to reintroduce Anne, this character from the beginning who I wondered why they even had that scene of her because she had this cool cloak and could shoot lightning from her hands and a lightsaber. I wondered why she was there and it all makes sense. She is Jordan's mom, and because he protects Jordan, she now feels that they owe a little bit of a debt to RoboCop. So if it was RoboCop and Jordan ongoing, I would say that. But Jordan is a presence for the rest of this movie, but it's nowhere near as cloying and annoying as whatever her name was in part three. You don't think they're going to do that in the rest of one? I'm fully, fully convinced that this little girl is going to reprogram him into her pet, and it seems inevitable here. I mean, I'm preparing for the worst. I don't think we're going to see these characters again after this one, honestly. I think, you know, we didn't see them in part one. I think each one is going to be very 
very episodic. In that way, it's not like a miniseries. It is like a series of movies or a TV series where each week there's going to be new heroes and new villains. Yeah, maybe Robocop will shoot Anne at the end of this one as his heroic gesture, just like he did to Cable. I think they're in it for the long haul. What I'm predicting is this is the end of Robocable. I'm kind of surprised when he pops up again that it becomes something else and boy does it take a long time for him to make up his mind but RoboCable <laughs> eventually flips sides it does take a long time i mean this fight when system support rolls in we have a what 30 minute action scene is it that long it's 30 minutes i won't wow. call it an action scene and i mean i try to take plot notes i have to make a plot summary but an action scene is usually one line a fight occurs and for 30 minutes the plot line is a fight occurs and it's robocop versus cable and system support robo cable is one of their guys until using a i can only hope 14-4 baud modem <laughs> if you hear all those dial-up tones and handshakes from the 90s even by 2003 it's like oh a modem sound yeah no i thought it was gonna do the aol you've got mail i mean yeah i was doing that in like 96 this was funny i mean come on yeah he, what, what is he sending video over to cable to try to remind him who he is if he's doing that over dial-up we got to wait till tomorrow hey i remember downloading that phantom menace trailer in 99 and that taking like three hours to get not only that but the video he's showing him is the video of him shooting his yes. former self yes. i don't think that's gonna win him over and he was like no i you wanted to die and i shot you don't you remember don't you want to join my team i did you that solid of killing you <laughs> It is so weird. You're going to convince this guy to be on your side. Hey, here I am killing you. Like, <laughs> really? Why not go back and show him when you're, like, playing chess or when you're helping him when you're being held hostage or something? He loves the chess. Stick with the chess. That's what they should do. <laughs> but this fight just keeps going on, and mm. I'm happy with how it escalates, but I'm unhappy with how... <laughs> Once the video starts, Cable just looks like he's trying to learn the robot dance off in the corner while the fight occurs. No, 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 no. There's no learning here. He's a statue. I'd like to imagine that this is what they propose to put up in Detroit when they're talking about putting up a RoboCop statue to get tourists to come in there. I mean, he stands there for, if this was 30 minutes long, he had to stand there for like 27 minutes. Hopefully the statue they're putting up in Detroit doesn't have this constipated, I'm straining to shit out my ass <laughs> look on his face that Cable gets in so many scenes. I'm like, did it rain? Yeah, I thought he had rusted. I thought it was like a Tin Man thing. <laughs> Where's Dorothy? And system support does roll in, and they're not that bad. They seem to be pretty endless. You keep killing them, and they keep coming. They're like Imperial Stormtroopers, but they're not Voldemort. They're not who can name cannot be spoken. Yeah, I think we're supposed to hate them because there's a little girl there, and I love Robocop's like, go and hide. And she, like, takes three steps behind him and then just crouches behind nothing. <laughs> like, that is not taking cover. But I think we're supposed to go, oh, they're just recklessly shooting, and there's a little girl girl there so we should hate them i think that the thought at least in my garbled half thinking as much as i was giving this my attention i thought that the problem for the old woman was not that they were so dangerous that they couldn't be trusted in a situation like this it was that they weren't supposed to use the kind of 
firepower that they're using. They're proton packs from Ghostbusters? I, at one time, I thought they were going to get in trouble for crossing the streams. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's old Detroit, so do the rules even apply the same as it is Delta City? I mean, they are in a different area. This is a different neighborhood. It feels like the lawless area. No, it's a parking lot behind, like, a Ralph's or something where they're filming this. <laughs> yeah. I did like during the car chase, we're supposed to be going through a homeless area, and it does look like they're just going through a loading dock. But the fight does have many scenes. I mean, Robocop is being defeated, and Anne comes and saves his ass, and then Robocop and Anne are getting defeated. I can't lie. I was going to just not mention this. This is against my belief. I, my belief is when I review for Now Playing, I watch the movie. I fast-forwarded on this one. I could see everything that was going on, but I definitely helped it along here. I couldn't do it. I could not get through this in regular time. It was unbearable. Oh, this is comedy gold. First of all, Anne has the most dramatic cape removal I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and then she pulls out, she has her Darth Maul double-ended lightsaber. And what I love is, like, they don't give a crap about choreography or special effects here. She's touching the part that's supposed to be, like, the lightsaber part that would cut <laughs> your hand off. She's just twirling this thing around. There's no care put into this. No skill on her part in the martial arts area. Not at all. I got that much, even on Fast Forward. But come on, I mean, when push comes to shove, uh, the reason why the old woman is mad is because it fails. Ultimately, she has changed her mind and wants RoboCop put down, and both RoboCop and RoboCable get away, and they have to put out some phony story that they destroyed them when they didn't. Well, eventually Cable finally comes to their aid, and he is an upgrade. He's the one who chases away system support. They just are like, fuck this, and run off. He has two guns, which he never points in, like, different directions. Like, one in front of him, one behind him. This double-targeting system is bullcrap. This, ah. Uh, at least we get lots of that Mexican trumpet Western music <laughs> going on. I was just disappointed that while wearing that poncho, RoboCop never, like, whipped it aside to, like, do a quick draw against RoboCable. <laughs> I mean, that's why you have that music. <laughs> there's still two more movies we can dare to dream. I think that there's more of a chance of system support coming back than the poncho. You know what, Stuart? Fast forwarding through this, it probably looked like you're watching in normal time because everything is in slow motion during yeah. this final battle. Like, literally. I'm not joking. Like, everything is slow motion. They want to make sure you see exactly how cheap it is. Make sure that it never goes by too fast. And in Jordan, they're supposed to, I don't know, they have some tech in them that makes them run super fast. Even that's in slow motion. But a credit to this movie, we have spent most of this review discussing Robocop. Heckling him, but yes, discussing <laughs> is another way of, yes, of saying it. We did not spend nearly as much time discussing Motor City Manglers and the OCP Brass, but that is how this film ends with Damien getting his nuts handed to him and his walking papers from the old woman. I'm sorry, if you're firing someone, especially a senior executive, you get security and you have them walk that guy's ass out of the building. It's not like, oh, I know you're working on this whole system that can control the building. Can you just please go to your desk and pack up and leave? I'll trust that you did that. <laughs> leave your badge on the desk. They only have a few Keystone cops running in the place and some lasers. I don't think that OCP is very secure. She dies for her mistake. They clearly should have had a better policy for removing him from the building, but they also should have not made the boardroom a compression chamber. <laughs> I don't even know how that works. Like, okay, I get it. You turn up the heat, you could freeze them, you could burn them up. But yeah, this is all of a sudden, what, they're scuba diving and they're crushing their hearts in there? That this room is so sealed that you can add, what, 20 atmospheres to it to kill everyone in it? And the old woman, whose only name is the old woman, 
is the last to die. She's the most hardy. And she looks up at the camera and is like, oh, Damien, you rascal, you got me. Like, she knows what's going on. She needed to shake her fist. I don't think the impulse to kill her was wrong, but I thought it should have come earlier. And I don't think it should have come through Damien's same thing. I, they haven't sold me yet that Sane is going to be a great villain, and I think they're saving him for the last one. So I felt like this should have been about Robo Cable, but in the end, he proves to be a pretty poor villain of the week. He ends up going arm in arm off with Robocop to some very strange and wrongly attributed quote. Yeah, what is with this quote? First of all, <laughs> the quote is, the danger of the past was that men become slaves. The danger of the future is that men may become robots. Henry David Thoreau. I read Henry David Thoreau's Walden. I know that he came before the Industrial Age. I know that he has no knowledge of what a robot is. There's no way that this is his quote. And robot, it comes from Robotnik, the Russian word. For slave! So you said the past will become slaves and the danger of the future is we'll become slaves, but just with the Russian word or modernized version. Well, here's the thing. I did a Google search. <laughs> it is not Thoreau. The quote is actually attributed to a 20th century philosopher, not a 19th century naturalist, and it was Eric Fromm. And the quote's actually pretty good. I'll read it if you want. In the 19th century, the problem was that God is dead. In the 20th century, the problem is that man is dead. In the 19th century, inhumanity meant cruelty. In the 20th century, it meant schizoid self-alienation. The danger of the past was that men became slaves. The danger of the future is that men may become robots. Okay, in that context, yes, that is much better. Yeah, that one you'd put at the end of a good movie. But here, wrongly attributed <laughs> Thoreau, I'm just watching these robots slink off together and sparking. I'm wondering, can it get worse? That's, I guess, where I'm at. It can. Last week was worse. And I am excited to think of what storytelling opportunities, and maybe I'm just setting myself up for some disappointment. Of course you are. But by having RoboCop and RoboCable as... Besties? The Murtaugh and Riggs of RoboCop. Oh yeah, this would be great. <laughs> maybe they'll do each other's hair. <laughs> so Jacob Stewart, do you recommend RoboCop Prime Directive's Meltdown? Jacob. Well, I, I, again, I want to say something positive. I don't think this is a complete meltdown. I, I'm in agreement with you, Arnie. This is marginally better than that first film. I, I don't know if it's actually better, but I do like just how bad the action is and these lightsabers and it, like, it just goes full board crazy. It's at least distracts me. It was better than watching those copious chest flashbacks in that first film. So props to meltdown. Marginally, marginally better. Still not a recommend though. I mean, all the problems with that first film carry over. This is just cheap. It's poorly written. It's not entertaining. It takes a long time. It takes half the film to get to the action. There's so much slowing down and the slow motion and these boardroom scenes where just the camera work just lingers on everyone. Why? Quit doing that. Just, I, I guess they really have to hit that 90 minute mark so they could put this on sci-fi. Yeah. Still a strong not recommend. Marginally better than Dark Justice though. Stewart. Yeah, last time I mentioned the comparative of watching what's happening to RoboCop is like watching what happened to my dog Tramp, and that each time I return, he's failing. Well, okay, last week Tramp looked like he was on death's door, and this time I come home, and he's running in a circle, and he's barking. He's got a little bit of life into him. He's still shitting in the house? It does not mean that what's killing him is in remission. He is still dying, and this is still <laughs> quite awful. I mean, really awful. You guys have undersold how excruciating this movie is. It's just terrible. 
and you guys are trying to find nice things to say, I do not know why. I guess out of love for the character. But this is not the Robocop of even Robocop 3. This is a dismal, dismal affair. Not only do I strongly not recommend this, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. There's nothing they could do in the next two that would make going on this journey worth it for me. It is so awful in this first two installments that even if three and four are great, and I don't think they will be, it won't save my not recommend for Prime Directives. This is the dregs. It's awful. And for me, I don't think I've undersold the awfulness so much as I just disagree with you on how awful it is. You know, saying I've undersold it means that I agree with everything you've said, but just have weasel worded it nicely but the truth is i don't agree with you Stuart. this is not as bad as you state in my opinion this is not anywhere near the bottom 10 films we've reviewed for now play not this one we'll see what happens in the next two weeks i don't know what's happening in the future all i know is what's happening here and when i'm watching this i'm taken back to the robocop tv series that i'm still continuing to watch even though we're way past that point in the timeline just to finish off the box set that i've owned for years and get that out of the way and i can't say i'm watching it with my full attention i'm multitasking i'm doing email i'm sometimes watching it in the background at work playing it on my ipad while i do my job and that sort of thing but it's not a great tv series but it's an adequate syndicated 90s action show like Viper, that car one, or so many of those shows that were on in that time. And when I'm watching this, I'm taken to that level of quality. And if this had a half an hour of filler cut, because it is excruciatingly long, I completely agree with that. It is much, much longer than it needs to be. But if you cut it down from this 93-minute runtime to a 52-minute runtime and added some commercial breaks so I could get a breather, this would have been a completely acceptable episode of RoboCop the series. That said, I had to pay full attention to this. I didn't give myself any out. I didn't multitask. When I watch a movie for now playing, I watch a movie for now playing, and it gets 100% of my attention in a darkened room, which is harder than having it on in the background and not paying attention. And so... It is a not recommend, but if it were a TV show and not a movie and it was sold as a movie and it's packaged individually as a movie, if it was an episode of a TV show, it's on par with half the shit on that Blade TV series I gave passes to. Well, okay, but I probably wouldn't. I think that's the the final straw is, yes, I think that if you're going to embrace anything about Prime Directives, you must embrace the cheesiness of what you're talking about. Yeah, those 90s syndicated shows. To me, those aren't even funny bad. They're just kind of, I don't know, just gross and unpleasant. And I find them to be much like the popcorn you eat at a movie. It's not too tasty, it's not too good for you, but it's some kind of sustenance. And I find those 90s syndicated shows not funny bad, but just entertaining enough to pass the time with half my attention. And that's where I'd put this, is if I was half paying attention and cleaning my house or doing my email, I might say, yeah, this is fine background noise. If it were a half an hour shorter. If it was half an hour shorter. <laughs> Quite a qualifier, I just want to add. <laughs> if this was a half hour shorter, if you're not going to pay attention to it, yes, recommend. <laughs> then I might be able to bear it. It's not even a recommend. Is not Don't pay attention to it for 90 minutes. It doesn't get a recommend as that. Don't pay attention to it for 60 minutes. Then it's a recommend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But as it is... It's a not recommend. It's not even a weak not recommend. It's just a down the middle of the road not recommend. But not as bad as Stewart's been selling. 
Uh, I think it's every bit as bad, and I think you can read that between the lines of your quote, not recommend down the road. But, you know, whatever. We got two more of these, and then I can see the real movie. And I am stuck in this place where if this continues on this path of improvement, I mean, the next one's called Resurrection. Maybe they can rise from this grave. Maybe I will be going back and going, you know what? I gave the last two not recommends, but it had a payoff that made it worth it. And so while they weren't great, you should watch them. I don't know. I've got my fingers crossed. Again, I don't remember what happens. I'm just excited to see what happens when two RoboCops team up and take the streets. You may be alone in that after seeing this team up, but we'll find out next week. Well, Jacob Stewart, we are halfway done. Where do you guys want to see this go? (laughs) (laughs) Really? You're going to ask me that? I feel like by asking you that, Stewart, I'm setting you up for a toilet joke. Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm imagining a green face chomping on bits. Yeah, like, which garbage compactor would you stuff it in? The strongest possible one I can find. The Mangler, perhaps. We'll see. <laughs> and you know what? I, I don't know if there's any resurrecting this to recommend, but I did enjoy the campiness of this second one. I, I guess go even further campy, introduce more Star Wars tech and some unintentional laughs like ponchoed out. RoboCop, and maybe I can at least enjoy it on that level. Alright, well, Jacob Stewart, thank you for joining me. We will be back on Tuesday with RoboCop Prime Directive's Resurrection. I'm so glad we had this chance to dialogue. Excuse me. I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. Thank you for joining us for Now Playing's RoboCop Retrospective Series. Bitches leave. Dead or alive, you're going to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week for a new movie review podcast. You have 20 seconds to comply. While there, join our forums to discuss this review with other listeners. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. So give me your money and all of it, and don't fuck with me! Your support helps keep now playing on the air. The line's open. Waiting for your pledge. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our homepage, nowplayingpodcast.com. Well, we need all the help we can get, young man. <laughs> it's only money. You can also find a link to our cafe press store where you can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, teddy bears, and much more. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Now Playing is edited by Heath, Phil, Dylan, and Arnie. They'll fix you. They fix everything. Now Playing credit narration by Brock. Keep him talking. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated. Though you may think you're having fun now, you only hurt the one you love. The movies discussed in this series are the properties of their respective trademark holders, and no infringement is intended. It's a free society. Except there ain't nothing free, because there's no guarantees, you know? (laughs) You're on your own. (laughs) There's a lot of jungle. (laughs) Now Playing is not affiliated with Orion Pictures, Metro, Goldwyn, Mayer, Columbia Pictures, Fireworks Entertainment, or any other creative entity involved with these films. We did what we had to do. 
Now playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2014. All rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Okay, Funzo. <laughs> Okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> Today we're discussing RoboCop, Prime Directives, Meltdown, Star... Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Paige Fletcher, Morris Dean Wint, Maria Del Mar, Garrett Wynn Davies, Leslie Hope... Does anyone not have a middle name? Leslie Hope doesn't have a middle name. <laughs> right. Damien wants to hand everything over to a supercomputer. Why Why wouldn't you trust that? Can it edit podcasts? <laughs> but finally, it gets to what we've been wanting. And by finally, it's really only about 45 minutes. So halfway through this movie. Which is eternal. <laughs> it's, it's not aviator long, but it's just long. <laughs> Don't even give me some bullshit that the aviator's worse than this. No way. <laughs> I would rather... No way will this stand, and I will not listen to another word in which you said you'd rather watch this again. <laughs> I'd rather watch all four of these again. I'd rather spend oh, my Arnie. eight hours here. You don't mean that. Yeah, then you are incredible. You need to have your systems upgraded, because this... <laughs> no, come on. Hmm. 